With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're back on Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. We've got a jam-packed lineup, and we are going to be talking about jobs. We're going to be talking about small business. We're going to be talking about a lot of entrepreneurship, and I'm going to be sharing some of these tips. But first, I want to jump in and talk about something very, very, very important and very, very timely. Uh, politics. Hey, I know everybody. I know everybody's sort of sick and tired about talking about politics. We have a new. Uh, we have a new president. Uh, sworn in just a few days ago. Uh, curious what everybody thought about the inauguration. I watched a few minutes of it, and I'm um, hoping and praying for, uh, for for good things for our country. So, um, but switching gears now that that's sort of taken care of on the uh, on the national on the federal side, um, we've got a new president. His appointments are working through the process, and it's up to us as citizens to speak up and make sure that the small business community is represented to make sure that the issues of uh, of of our uh, of of that are top of mind for us are front and center. I know there's a new SBA administrator. I actually think that she would do a fantastic job if she's confirmed. So, uh, so we need to make sure that they understand what the issues uh, matter uh, in Washington D.C. And I'll certainly be doing my part at speaking up on those issues. But I want to switch gears to Illinois. I want to switch gears to Springfield. Uh, as everybody knows, it's been uh, we've we've had a stopgap budget uh, in the state that was that came months after not having a budget in the state, and now that stopgap budget has expired. I know it's hard to keep track of all of these things, but uh, with there are there's another important issue with final briefs now before the Illinois Supreme Court. The stage is now set for the state's top justices to rule on a case that fundamentally is about the people's power. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear an expedited appeal of a lower court's ruling that would keep the independent MAPS amendment off the November ballot and is expected to rule on it sometime this month. The amendment would change the way that legislative districts are drawn by putting that process into the hands of an independent 11-member commission that would review and adjust districts every 10 years after the U.S. Census is completed. Right now, legislative leaders, and we know the names of those people, draw those districts, and it's both Democrats and Republicans uh, that are involved, and they do it in a way that protects their incumbents. Opposition to the independent MAPS amendment has come from a group that calls itself the People's Map, and they went to court to challenge the effort. The lawyers for this group, there's a fellow by the name of Michael Casper. He's a top election lawyer with close ties to the Illinois House Speaker. The group hasn't disclosed who's funding its campaign. But the circuit court judge, there's a woman by the name of Diane Larson. 
She ruled that the effort violated the state's 1970 constitution because it exceeds a requirement that constitutional amendment proposals be limited to structural and procedural changes to the, to the Illinois General Assembly. Changing the procedures for how maps are drawn, Larson said, doesn't involve the General Assembly's procedures. I find that logic backwards. When lawmakers draw the maps, they've created a system so stacked to favor those already in office that it means nearly two-thirds of incumbent legislators will be running unopposed at any given point. In short, if you're unhappy with how lawmakers are running things in Springfield, your options for change are most likely pretty darn limited. And I don't think that that's fair. As this year's legislative session appears headed for another standoff with no budget, I'm prepared to say enough. Legislators managed to cobble together, as I said, a stopgap budget, but make no mistake, it did not solve the state's problems and simply delayed the day of reckoning that still must come in a toxic political climate. And the MAPS amendment, the Illinois MAPS amendment, won't be a silver bullet to fix what's wrong in Springfield or in the culture of Springfield, but it is indeed a key tool. Without it, I'm very pessimistic that there's a prospect for genuine change. Hopefully the Supreme Court will side with the more than half a million citizens who signed that petition, asking simply that they be given the chance to vote on this idea. They've had enough. And I would hope that the Supreme Court will give them that chance to weigh in on how they want their government to work for them, not for those that are already in office. And again, this is something I've spoken to Democrats, I've spoken to Republicans, I've spoken to so many people that just say enough is enough. Again, this is not something that will change the problems in Springfield. There are some politicians that have too much power. There are some politicians that don't have a backbone that aren't prepared to do what it takes to get this job done. But again, this is about people being able to make an impact. And that is something that's good for everybody. Going back to how I started this little monologue over here, it has to do with small business. It has to do with what we, I believe that small business is all about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is about people taking an idea and turning it into a reality. But how are we supposed to turn it, take an idea and turn it into reality if we don't have a voice? How are we supposed to have an idea that becomes something if our ideas don't actually matter? If there are people that are creating a map that don't take into account the reality, if they are constantly looking at who is going to oppose them and saying, I don't want them in my district, how is that going to work? We need to have more of a say on the issues, and there are so many issues that we talk about and get down to business all the time. We need to be able to say this is how it should be done. The job of representative is Indeed, a very important job. And I believe that there are many Democrats that do a fantastic job, and I believe that there are many Republicans that do a fantastic job. And honestly, it doesn't matter what party you're a part of. What matters is do it right. So right now, as I said, in Washington, we have a new president. In Washington, we have we have a Republican-led uh, Senate, a Republican-led House, most likely a conservative-led Supreme Court. Obviously, that depends on who the president will appoint to that final Supreme Court seat. 
It's up to us to make sure that they do the things that are right. Democrats speak up. Republicans speak up. Don't take things for granted that 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 the newly elected president will do things right simply because he has an R next to his name. You need to make sure that he's going to be doing things that will be pro-business. It, we have a lot of Democrats that represent us in Illinois. We need to make sure that they do things that are right. And that's not a given. In Springfield, we have a broken, broken system. Speak up and make sure that they do things right. Make sure that, indeed, the the elected officials statewide, that our local elected officials, representatives and senators, are actually representing us. And remember that Illinois MAPS Amendment proposes to basically end that rigged legislative district system that favors the incumbents. And that's why we have these weird, if you look at the map, ridiculously cut up legislative districts that have been pieced together by legislators to protect the members that are in power. And that proposed amendment would establish a bipartisan independent panel to determine districts in a in a impartial manner. And there's more than 563,000 people that have signed petitions to get this on the ballot. Current politicians don't want the system changed. They, they've encouraged a lawsuit to keep it off the ballot. And right now, it's before the Supreme Court speak up. If the Supreme Court rules to allow the amendment to be placed on the ballot, I encourage you to vote for it. If the court rules against it, the only way to get any change is by the legislature. That's supposedly bipartisan support by legislators for such an amendment, but it never seems to make it for a vote. Not so unusual circumstances. Powerful politicians dictate what bills make it out of committee. Speak up. Again, this is the right thing to do. Uh, Get Down to Business is powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online at tandemhr.com or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. They are our solution center. And indeed, coming up on the program, we will be talking a lot about perks of how to attract employees. We heard from Linda Nichols just two weeks ago about uh, January and February being fantastic times for companies that are looking to hire. But just because you have posted the positions on LinkedIn, you've posted the positions on Indeed, does not mean that you're going to attract the talent, doesn't mean that you're going to be able to keep the talent. So we've got a lot of tips for you coming up after this quick break. You're not going to want to miss it. We've got some social media tips coming up for you. We've got a jam-packed lineup of guests on the show that's all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And you can get on my website at shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from this program and get a sneak peek of who's going to be at next week on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and I'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from our program on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. Uh, post and tweet lots of tips and advice for all of you business owners out there. You don't want to miss it. Um, so one of our listeners just emailed me and asked, what does politics have to do with business? So uh, it's funny timing because actually uh, we just confirmed a fantastic guest for next week's program, Faisal Khan, who is the uh, immediate, uh, he actually just left the city of Chicago as the legislative inspector general, um, will be joining us on the program next week. And he uh, spent his years investigating uh, aldermen in the city of Chicago 
uh, for corruption. And he actually has done a fantastic study on the impact of corruption on the business climate of Chicago. I can't wait to talk to him next week on Get Down to Business. And uh, it truly, there's a direct connection between corruption. There's a direct connection between good governance and policy on small business and entrepreneurship on the business climate. I've said it countless times on this program that uh, that that business climate indeed does have to do with taxes. I, I won't sugarcoat it where there's a good tax climate. It makes it easier to do business. But it's also about the politicians and, and regulatory environment and where there's corruption uh, there's challenges in getting things done in the city of Chicago. I mean, we all know it. All of our listeners aren't dumb that we know how many uh, city council uh, aldermen, how many mayors, how many Illinois politicians have gone to prison over corruption. It's in both parties. And so Faisal Khan really has done the investigations. He's been there on the ground floor and he's done the studies encourage you to look him up, but he'll be joining us on Get Down to Business to talk some more about that. So speaking of business, um, we have uh, had Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions on this very program talking about what it means to attract employees, what it means to retain employees. And I wanted to share some additional advice for you. You know, every organization is in a, is in a, con, in a, is in a constant battle to find and retain the best talent. Everybody wants the best. But aside from compensation and traditional benefits, there are other creative perks that companies are offering to keep their employees happy. Some of them are surprisingly affordable, if not free to implement. So I'd recommend, as we're still in the middle of January, consider implementing one or more of the following practices and think about how they would resonate with your employees. And as always, I welcome your feedback. I want to hear what's working for you in your business environment. Flexible work hours. Who doesn't want to be able to pop out for a midday meeting with little Johnny's teacher without taking a vacation day? If missed work can easily be made up earlier or later in the week, why not offer that flexibility to your employees? Whether it is for specific events or you allow an employee to adjust his or her weekly work hours, Fostering flexibility in one's work schedule will show employees that you understand and support work-life balance. What about working remotely? Technology today allows virtually any job to be done from anywhere at any time. And working remotely saves employees time as well as travel expenses. In addition, it also enables employees to work comfortably from their own homes. Uh, I'll give you a funny personal example. I actually have a treadmill desk at home. And that allows me to, uh, I'm not home all that often, but when I am, I'm able to, uh, you know, to be active. I'm actually incredibly productive. I've got two screens. I've got my treadmill desk. I uh, have my Bluetooth headset. I'm actually probably more productive there than I am at any office. Child care assistance. Child care is expensive yet necessary. And according to a study that I just saw from the Center for American Progress, Almost a quarter of American children under the age of five are in some form of organized childcare. If you have the ability to offset that cost or negotiate a discount at a nearby childcare facility, you might just be seen as a hero. Some employees, some employers rather, may take it a step further and offer on-site childcare services. How convenient is that? What about, I just mentioned working on, what if you have an unused conference room or area in your building that you could turn into a Mini workout room. This is a perk for both employees and employers. Not only are employers promoting employee health 
which could positively impact your group health insurance rates. Studies show that exercise regularly are more productive and they get sick less often. If you don't have space for a gym within your facility, consider negotiating a discount with local gym or chain of gyms with locations near your office. Is your company a champion of philanthropy? Some companies are going beyond the typical gift matching gift program and developing policies that allow employees to volunteer a specific number of paid hours as another type of corporate-sponsored charitable program. What a great way to demonstrate community support and encourage employee involvement, too. And who doesn't love free food? You know that they love it by the pitter-patter of feet to the break room when a vendor stops by with a treat. Whether you cater a morning meeting with a simple breakfast or provide an ice cream treat on a hot summer afternoon, employees will appreciate the brief break and delicious treat. And LinkedIn jumped on the bandwagon in 2015, offering unlimited vacation, or as they call it, discretionary time off to its employees. While most companies that offer this perk add the stipulation that your work must be completed and manager pre-approval is required for all time off requests, it's seen as a huge benefit to employees. While you always want to provide certain guidelines in your employee handbook, employees generally respond favorably to being able to dress comfortably during the work week, Tandem HR, our good friends, our solution center, uh, actually told me recently that they have a casual dress policy unless a staff member is visiting a current or prospective client. In that case, the employee dresses business professional. Employees are grateful for that free little perk. And why not call an employee snow day when schools in the area are off? Most employees will appreciate not needing to take a vacation day because of mother nature's cruelty and we all have that we're in chicago after all alternatively when bad weather conditions are predicted in advance communicate a plan so that employees can plan ahead to work from home instead of work commuting into work and uh and if you're interested in exploring additional ways your business can differentiate itself from its competition again i'd encourage you to talk to our friends at tandem hr because they uh, they actually offer an edge to small and mid-sized companies so they they can directly compete with their Fortune 500 rivals for talent. And Tandem HR offers clients uh, the opportunity to save time and money while growing their business by outsourcing administrative tasks. As always, I encourage you to give them a call, 630-928-0510, or visit tandemhr.com. There are some other tips that I certainly want to share with you. And obviously, money isn't everything, but employees need to believe that they're being paid a fair wage for the job that they're performing. There is a fantastic website that I search uh, just when I'm, uh, you know, having fun Googling and researching companies, Glassdoor.com. It's sort of this open source platform where people can post how much they're being paid for different positions. And if you want to look up how your competitors are compensating their employees in similar positions, check check out that website. Uh, your employers, your employees aspire to contribute meaningful work and be acknowledged. Make sure you're finding a good way to acknowledge that. And I would certainly, certainly, certainly recommend a way to encourage uh, work-life balance. Most organizations, not many, most organizations fail in this part. Most state that they support work-life balance, but employees want their employers to walk the talk. You want to encourage employees to use their vacation time, limit work required to be performed after hours, and ensure that they feel okay about taking time off for family activities in accordance with the policies. Lead by example. Do you and your leadership team take time off 
for yourselves. Ask your employees for their opinions on different things. Encourage constructive feedback. Employees want to know that their voice will be heard and their opinions considered. Let them know where to turn with creative ideas or concerns. Regularly seek feedback from all levels of the company and compatible and comfortable with work culture. Employees that fit into their company culture are more apt to thrive in the role. Pay special attention to the culture you strive to maintain and incorporate interviewing tactics that help to identify good matches within the hiring process. And if you're not sure if your company is scoring 100% in these categories, I would highly recommend, again, I cannot emphasize it enough, talk to our friends at Tandem HR. They're a Chicago-area professional employer organization, a PEO, that assists hundreds of small and mid-sized businesses in creating an exceptional workplace environment. I refer everybody to them. They also help clients save time and money while growing their business by taking on the administrative tasks associated with human resources, benefits, payroll, tax administration, regulatory compliance, and risk management. And for more information on our friends at Tandem HR or PEOs, if you want to learn more what a PEO actually is, visit them online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. 6309280510 you will not regret it if you're a business owner and you're looking to be more successful in 2017 check out their website tandemhr.com or give them a call 6309280510 coming up after the headlines we'll be right back with more get down to business hi doc hey welcome back to get down to business so this past week i've enjoyed uh, several experiences which sort of exemplify the power of social media and uh it's very 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 cool to uh to walk into a room and speak to a group of people and several of those people actually have heard the show heard get down to business seen uh, a little bit of some of the networking uh work that i've been involved in over the past while and are already a part of my linkedin universe and one of these actually resulted in one of the participants circulating a wonderful, wonderful testimonial about the talk that I gave. So many thanks for that. Um, so uh, I, it was very interesting. I actually participated in a in a talk also this week uh, where somebody walked over to me and said, I follow you on Twitter, which is so cool. So that led me back to something that I spoke about in the past, and I think it's worth revisiting. Many of the skills that we should be using on the phone actually support social media success. So I want to talk about something that perhaps most people don't associate uh, with each other. You know, people think about in-person or phone communication as being one thing and social media being another. When you are on the phone, it's vital to clearly enunciate your name. Whether you're leaving a message, creating your outbound voicemail, or you're starting a conversation, if the other person doesn't get your name, communication remains incomplete. It's the same on Twitter. There are so many great newsletters, blogs, media articles, and podcasts that I share all the time. When I click on the Tweet This button, a pre-designed post appears that doesn't compl- that doesn't contain a Twitter handle. In other words, there's no name. If I want to share your post and introduce you to my followers, I have to do a search, find your Twitter handle, and edit the message appropriately. If I have the time and your message is of great value to my followers, 
uh, I will make that effort. But otherwise, like a phone message with a mumbled name, I'll just move on. And that's a lost opportunity. And this happens to me, by the way, all the time. I do a Twitter search for different job postings for different articles of interest about the uh, Skokie and West Rogers Park neighborhoods. And it's always great when I can go onto a website and click share this and make it easy. So keep in mind, business owners, if you have a website and a blog or something like that, make sure the settings are set up so you identify yourself. That's on social media. For the phone, make sure it's the same. You want to inspire curiosity and conversation. When we connect with someone on the phone, you need to show respect for their time by stating your purpose in a concise way that actually piques interest. That's what creates the possibility for a conversation. It's the same on Twitter. If I decide to click and share your blog, newsletter, and it's the message that appears that, that says something like, read this, or I just read along with the link, I'm not going to waste my followers' time with the lack of imagination. When I'm able, I'll actually create my own description of that post. After all, I found it valuable, so I'll know, I, and I want my, my followers to know and appreciate that. But if I don't have the time, again, another opportunity lost. So consider this question. Do you know what your retweet messages say, what they look like? If you don't, it's the same as creating an outbound voicemail message, but never actually listening to it. You need to know what your clients, potential clients, colleagues, or whomever it might be are experiencing when they share your social media posts. Otherwise, how can you know if it's true to your brand, if it represents you in the best way possible? And consider the day and time. This is really important. Have you ever had someone leave a business voicemail message at 11 p.m. or 4 a.m.? It certainly happened to me, and such a message clearly states, I basically didn't want to reach you. When it comes to the phone, this is sometimes okay. The call is about leaving details that don't require a response. But on Twitter, posting a link of value to CEOs at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning Chances of you reaching those CEOs are pretty darn slim. Maybe at this point you're actually shaking your head because you don't think Twitter or LinkedIn or social media matters to your business anyway. Well, consider this. Years ago, likely while we were still considering the or referring to the internet as the World Wide Web, you know, I actually read something that described the day when we'd be able to design our own newsfeed. We'd turn on our computers each day and based on our own interest and concern, read the news, articles, opinions that mattered most to most of us. And to many late adopters, you might have shaken your head and muttered that will never happen, but you were wrong. Twitter, LinkedIn, social media, that is the news feed. If I'm following you, I'm interested. If I'm interested, I'm going to share. And if your retweet message is well-crafted, you'll start to meet my followers. That's the kind of exposure that not so long ago required a huge public relations budget, but today it requires a bit of your time and attention, just like your phone communication. So think about it. Again, social media is your public relations budget. You're completely and totally in control of it. And again, there's the easy way. There's the easy way that you could just uh, click, 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 but likely you're not actually crafting the message. Make sure you're putting the time, putting the effort, putting in the the, the the emphasis into doing it right. If you've spent time building a website, make sure that your web developer puts in the extra few minutes of time to make sure that the tweet button, the share button actually is identifying you. So when somebody is clicking share, and I find this all the time with my podcast of Get Down to Business, I put the time into doing it right. I guess shameless plug at this point. Uh, check it out. Share this Fantastic radio program, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship with your followers. Share it with your friends, colleagues. We've got a lot of great information. 
Uh, fantastic lineup of guests coming up in the upcoming weeks, including Faisal Khan, the former Legislative Inspector General of the City of Chicago. You can find out all of those guests on my website, shalomclyde.com. And as I mentioned, don't forget to share it. Looking forward. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. So a week of Get Down to Business would not be complete without me uttering the N-word, and that is networking. Networking goes hand-in-hand with running a successful business. But many of us dread walking into a room and introducing ourselves to a bunch of strangers. I have to tell you that I am no different. Some people call me an extrovert. I actually don't enjoy walking into a room to a group of strangers that I've never met and putting myself out there. I do it, and I've taught myself how to do it well because that's what you need to do to run a business. I've taught myself that because I am a big believer in continuing to expand my network. Uh, so I was asked recently to share my best networking tips at a meeting. And so here are the best and most valuable tips that I've come across uh, and put to work myself over these past few years. Resist the urge to arrive late. It's almost counterintuitive, but the National Association of Women Business Owners um uh, actually shared this tip, uh, and it's a great strategy. It's better to uh, to get there uh, on time uh, early, actually, than on the later side. As a first attendee, you'll notice that it's calmer and quieter, and people won't have settled into groups yet. It's easier to find other people who don't have conversations part- partners yet. And you want to ask easy questions. Don't wait around the edges of the room waiting for someone to approach you. To get the conversation started, simply walk up to a person or a group and say, may I join you? What brings you to this event? Don't forget to listen intently to their replies. If you're not a natural extrovert, you're probably a very good listener, and listening can be an excellent way to get to know a person. Ditch the sales pitch. It's really important. Remember, networking is about relationship building. Keep the exchange fun, light, informal. You don't need to do the hard sell within minutes of meeting a person. The idea is to get the conversation started. People are more apt to do business with or partner with people whose company they enjoy. If a potential customer does ask you about your product or service, be ready with an easy description, the elevator pitch for your company. Before the event, create a mental list of recent accomplishments, such as a new client you've landed or project you've completed. That way you can easily pull an item off that list and into that conversation. Share your passion. Win people over with your enthusiasm for your product or service and leave a lasting impression by telling a story about why you were inspired to create your company. Talking about what you enjoy is often contagious. When you get other people to share their passion, it creates a memorable two-way conversation. It's a simple but overlooked rule of engagement. Smile. By smiling, you put your nervous self at ease You'll also come across as warm and inviting to others. Remember to smile before you enter the room or before you start your next conversation. If you're really dreading that event, check out the negative attitude. Check that negative attitude at the door. Never, ever, ever hijack conversation. Some people who dislike networking may overcompensate by commandeering the discussion. Don't forget, the more successful networkers you know, 
think about those that you've met are good at making other people feel special. Look people in the eye, repeat their name, listen to what they have to say, and suggest topics that are easy to discuss. Become a conversationalist, not a talker. And remember to follow up. It's often said that networking is where the conversation begins, not where it ends. If you've had a great exchange, ask your conversation partner the best way to stay in touch. Some people like email or phone. Other people prefer social networks like LinkedIn. Get in touch within 48 hours of the event to show that you're interested and available and reference something that you discussed so your contact remembers you. I'd be interested in hearing from our listeners what has worked for you in terms of networking. But again, remember these seven tips. Resist the urge to arrive late. Ask easy questions. You want to ditch the sales pitch. Share your passion. Smile. Don't hijack that conversation. Remember to follow up. The follow-up piece is really important. There are so many of our listeners that I've heard from that I've met at an event that I've had to chase you that should never be the way it is. I always say my line is that I I would rather be the person nudging others than be the person being nudged. And so again, use time management as your friend. Manage your time, blackout time. Let's say you're going to a networking event on Wednesday. Make sure that Thursday or Friday you have time blocked out. It doesn't take long at all. You could have a uh, a template of an email follow-up that you might use to reach out to somebody that you may have met at a recent networking event. Block out that time for to send out that template emails to the folks that you met at a networking event. It really works. You will start to get responses. You will get those cups of coffee. You'll be able to connect with people on LinkedIn. But don't use the generic LinkedIn, I'd like to connect with you on in my network message Take the time. Do it right. Again, I'd encourage you, create a template. Find a system that works for you. Draft out that messages, but it will show, sort of similar to what I was saying earlier about social media, it will show that you actually care. It will show that you have a brand. It will show that you have an identity. Take the time to network right. Be the extrovert. Even if you're not a natural extrovert, force yourself to do it. Follow up with people. Come early to the event. Start conversations. Make it easy for people to uh, to meet you, to know what you do, and to follow up with you. I'm a Starbucks guy, as our listeners surely know by now. And you want to make sure that you're getting as many follow-up conversations as possible. That's what it's all about. And networking is what this show is all about. I'm actually posting this week a number of our 2017 events on my website, shalomkline.com. And I'll be posting that on our Facebook page as well. Be sure to check that out. You can follow me on Twitter. All of our information, tips, advice, and information, and a list of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. It's all available on my website, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. It's all over. Connect with me. We've got just a few minutes left on this week's program. So check back in with us after this quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Chicago we will be right back. Great talent. And now it's time for the business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show at 730 right here on AM 560. The answer. So uh, business tips, uh, whenever I need to look for tips, I look at what the industry leaders are talking about. I want to see what tips they have to share because with 2017 now, several, uh, several days, several weeks in the works, any business leader worth his or her salt have got their plans in place for the next 12 months. So I've researched the best tips for all of you. 
a strategy to boost sales, a schedule to expand into new territories, or a way to deal with problems. This is the time of year to look ahead. So Charlotte Roach, the boss of the of the fitness firm, Rabble, said that it shouldn't be forgotten that your employees are your most important asset and wellness at work, ensuring that your workforce is well looked after has indeed become a hot topic. So she recommends including a regular slot in the working day or week for staff to work out together or alone, followed by a healthy lunch together. This great way of bringing staff together socially while improving physical and mental health, and this leads to a happier, more productive, and collaborative workforce. Maximo Cavaziani, the founder of a very successful app that I've been following for a while, says that the best advice that he has for somebody running a business is to listen to the winds of change. Every industry is being transformed directly or indirectly by technology, and the rate of change will increase in the in these next few years. So think not about what your business is doing, but think about transformation. Think about the next steps for your business. Those are the things that you should be paying attention for. Um, and there's Cassandra Starro, who founded a popcorn business. Uh, many of my friends know how big I am into popcorn. She started a business called Proper Corn. She says, hunt for inspiration in unexpected places. We always try to look beyond the, the shop shelf. And she encourages all businesses to do the same. Define your purpose. Major global events of 2016 mean that having clear direction beyond your annual targets is more important than ever before. In the digital age of everything, keep it simple. Without bottomless pockets, you need to prioritize and have the discipline to focus on the real strengths of your team. And uh, Jerry Cottle says that don't forget to spend time and effort making sure people know what you have to offer. Uh, I know so many people who have great products, great shows, great ideas, but uh, but they decide to cut their marketing budget or just think that it will work just because... I would say to them, be brave and try new things. Become an expert. Constantly innovate. And you want to make sure that uh, you always express four passions, four Ps. Firstly, passion. You have to be truly passionate about what you do um, because customers and employees will only be as passionate about your products and services as you are. Secondly, people. It's important that you employ great people. This will allow you to build a sustainable business with amazing customer loyalty and retention. Thirdly, product. Make sure that you give a quality product that will allow you to build a business that customers and potential staff will want to be aligned to. And finally, profit. It's vital that you understand your numbers and know what is gross and net profit and work hard to protect your margins. Business is like life. You get out of it what you put in. For me, it's all about hard work, persevering, and not giving up. So there you have it, my business tips of the week, which once again can be heard daily on the morning show at 7.30 a.m. right here on AM 560, The Answer. Be sure this week to talk to our friends at Tandem HR if you want to improve your business processes. They are all about helping businesses outsource the functions that you don't need to do in-house. Tandem HR, they are our solution center. They are a Chicagoland PEO, professional employer organization, that can be a fantastic resource to your business in the week ahead. Check them out, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. I hope you enjoyed today's tips about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, about social media, about employment. Hopefully, uh, you'll uh, support my uh, my positions on the Independent Maps Amendment. Really important to stay engaged on these issues as we have a new, uh, new administration in Washington 
And we have a new legislature that has just taken office in Springfield. Stay engaged. We'll continue the discussion next week on the program that's all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. For the past 100 years, 